0: Just go to Indeed.com slash blue wire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed.
1: Welcome to the Tuesday, October 25th edition of the Roto-Wire Fantasy Podcast. Man, I'm already excited. Too much coffee. This is. Hey, it's Jake and Joe back as always uh, every Tuesday here, getting you set for your waiver wire pickups. Obviously, big show running backs that we discussed last week it's a lot of victory lapping uh so if you're excited for that happy to discuss the panthers backfield and gus edwards who jake and i both called uh stick around for the rest of the show of course we're going to also talk a few other pickups too uh, right after the break here Again, welcome to the Tuesday, October twenty fifth edition of the Roto-Wire Fantasy Football Podcast, brought to you and sponsored by No House Advantage. Uh, Joe Bo- Joe Barley and i me at JB Fantasy Sports alongside me, Jake Tarski at Roto Jake. Today, we're here to run down the top waiver wire pickups and fab recommendations ahead of Week Eight. We've we've made it through by again, Jake. I think it's fair to say, given all the guys mm-hmm. that are on waiver wire, that was. Buy him again last week. Now that's weird. 16. And it's,
2: I want to say first, like right off the bat, it's very important to check to see who was dropped, Mm, you know, because you want to see, because I mean, there are some of the best offenses in the league. Uh, we're on by last week, and uh, people had to make some tough calls, so you definitely want to be scanning those last week's drops as part of it, because you might find a guy that is 76% rostered in Yahoo that we wouldn't even mention before, yeah, so absolutely point. worth uh, worth checking out there. And honestly, with all the Mahomes and Juju and Kelsey I, was, I have, this week is way worse, was, so much worse for say, me than last week. I was going to
1: say, you are going to be the patron saint of the Week 8 Wave Aware podcast mm-hmm. here, because you are going to be the critical factor that yeah. we're trying to help with your fantasy teams. Ben I, lu- already done, I um, looked at
2: the, the state League projected line, and I'm a 62 point dog if, if I use the same lineup as last week because everybody got my team. Uh, yeah, how bad
1: it's looking right now. Well, let's get a word from our sponsors first. No House Advantage, No House Advantage is changing the game by offering the most dynamic fantasy sports platform available. Playing pick'em contests versus other people for the shot at winning big cash prizes. Download the app, choose a contest, select your player props, earn points for correct picks. And climb that ladder board for your, or I guess leaderboard too, for your shot at hundreds of thousands of dollars every week. You can test your skills versus the house and 20X your entry if you hit all your picks. Bet on up to five player props, over-unders, or individual player matchups across every major sports league, including NFL, NBA, MLB, PGA, Jake's MMA, and NASCAR. So now for a promo code N H. Uh, a wire that's N H A W I R E at no house advantage or download the app on the app store to get a first deposit match up to $25. Make sure to check out no house advantage today and experience daily fantasy sports redefined because it's not just how you play, but also where you play. You won't want to miss out on this. All right. We always try to do a Monday night recap. And I would have told you, Jake, that this was going to be a sleeper. Don't even uh, tune in. The Patriots are going to dominate. And one team did dominate. The Patriots got dominated by the Bears. It was Justin yeah. Fields and the offense in a rain game again. I, I guess inclement weather just makes the Bears just an a OP mm-hmm. tier, but that was an impressive performance by Khalil Herbert, Justin Fields, who had a number of electric plays, and the defense absolutely dominated what looks to be now a QB controversy with Mac Jones and Bailey Zappi, or wait.
2: Yeah, it was, uh, it was a very strange situation. Mac Jones started the game. Uh, he wasn't moving the ball. He threw a pick. The crowd was chanting for Zappi. This was, this happened in New England. So New England got routed on their home field, basically. And uh, so then, of course, Bailey Zappi comes in. Uh, Then they take the lead. They were, you know, or they, yeah, they get close to taking the lead. Of course, that surrendered and it then went very bad. So I remember running into the outline to write down, oh, we have a quarterback controversy. But then by the end of the game, I'm like, not so fast because, (laughs) because Zappi finished, you know, 14 for 22, you know, which isn't bad. Threw two picks and, uh, you know, just ended up, looking not that great when it was all said and done because I'm sure Belichick's pulling his hair out over the turnovers. So we'll see what happens here. This is a situation I don't really have any interest in jumping in from a fantasy perspective here. I mean, Zappy was maybe take scooped up in two quarterback leagues. He can he was never more than five, ten percent rostered in, in single quarterback redraft leagues. So um I'm 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 pretty much throwing my hands up and avoiding this situation because uh who who knows what we're going to see? I mean, at halftime, it was, okay, What? who's going to trade for Mac Jones this week? Right. And by the end of the game, it was like, well, well we don't actually know here. So uh, I think we have our latest update on Roto-Wire. This is an hour ago. Mac Jones, week eight plans to be determined. You know, that's pretty much exactly what you don't want to hear if you're trying to,
1: you know, do something for no, fantasy I, here. I have him in my uh, – the Vegas Superflex League. I actually, of course, started him um as opposed to Andy Dalton, who in that league won for 37 points. That was super fun. Thankfully, I wouldn't have won anyway if I had made the correct choice, but I, I thought Mac Jones up to be pretty successful, and I believe he's the better quarterback talent. Like We watched Zappy against the, the Packers, and I know it was him coming in relief in his very first game, some jitters. That didn't look like a real NFL quarterback. So I know mm-hmm. with the time to scheme, Zappy has looked good against lesser opponents, and I guess yeah. – given how bad the Packers have been. I don't know if we could say the Browns and Lions are lesser, but I, I still mm-hmm. think they are worse teams than the Packers' defense. And, yeah, he's looked fine. I'm yeah. not convinced he's going to be zappy, I should say, he's yeah. anything better. But that being said, I was also incredibly low on Mac Jones and everything we had last year that we saw on, you know, so impressive rookies, rookie of the year winner or whatever. I, I thought you're like, what are you talking about? This guy's thrown for 200 yards, clearly just a game manager, and we're just getting mm-hmm. overexcited about things that if you knew – if you were not just excited about the new rookie toy, you would have been like, "Oh yeah, this is yeah. just Andy Dalton as a rookie." I'm, I'm, I think both QBs are not very good, and we're just going <laughs> to keep going with back and forth on this. which is Exactly, gonna hurt and uh,
2: and unfortunately, you know, a lot of this had to do with the conditions, but it was it was low volume for all the pass catchers as well. Uh, I mean, even the touchdown that Zappy threw to Jacoby Myers, he had Myers wide open, and it was a terrible throw that Myers had to like turn around catch. Fall down and get back up to score, and then of course I only needed three more fantasy points after that, and I couldn't get them, um, that's, which was I'm rough. Sorry, that's yeah, yeah. So, yeah like when that happens in the first quarter, you're thinking, okay, he's going to catch two passes for 20 yards the rest right. of the game, and you're and you're golden. But uh, not the case. And uh, you know, another team was obviously particularly high volume. You know, Devontae Parker was out there doing his thing. It was actually Ramondre Stevenson who led the Patriots in targets, and part of that is game flow because I guess maybe he's more of the pass catcher, but he caught all eight of his targets for 59 yards. He was also a much higher volume uh, guy than Damian Harris on the ground. Now, This was Harris's first game back, so you have to take that into account but um i don't know stevenson seems to pass the eye test or steven's season uh, you know as uh, yeah, as people stuff. are writing that the zappy
1: up season stuff. yeah no, no more no more season things until you're actually a really <laughs> yeah. good player i mean like i don't know i'm feeling is.
2: pretty good about starting Ramondre week to week though you know, know even he seems to be like they're they're either up and they're running out the clock and he gets involved as an equal amount as harris or they're behind like this game you know so against the bears him. and uh he functions very well as a pass catcher and of course he got the touchdown on the ground as well so uh, I'm very optimistic about him
1: I would have said entering last week there are four running backs that I will trade just about anything for Brees Hall uh, Mm R.I.P. Kenneth Walker Ramondre Stevenson and Travis Etienne I mean that's it's Mm -hmm. it's a weird situation that's tough to
2: put Stevenson in that tier. I
1: I really felt confident and I I also didn't anticipate Mm -hmm. Harris to be back and effective and I guess maybe with the conditions whatever else the offense is reliant on on good runners, but just getting the running backs involved. And Stevenson really represents the only pass catcher. I was completely out mm-hmm. on him entering the year, and I think you can still get a discounted price on him this week and in future weeks because you have Damian Harris around. But I think Stevenson's clearly mm-hmm. the best back in both yeah. situations for an offense that needs to utilize mm-hmm.
2: it utilized. How about the backs on the Chicago side, though? I mean, mm-hmm. Montgomery still seemed to get have the volume edge. Of course, it hurts both Montgomery and her. When Justin Fields carries the ball 14 times, but he was plus he hurts. yeah, but he was incredibly effective here. Actually, looking like a somewhat viable quarterback. I mean, it's almost like they they schemed the game to what he does well, Shot and him. suddenly, who knew they their offense is productive here. And he uh, he made some very impressive plays, avoiding the pass rush and getting you know third converting third and long with his legs, which is uh, which which is very tough here. But I think Herbert's becoming a pretty. Uh, Reasonable start on the week-to-week basis. I mean, the, he had the 125-yard touchdown that made the fantasy day good, but he had 12 carries for 62, and Montgomery had 15 carries for 62, and he got a score on the ground as well. So uh, both these guys might be fantasy viable if we can get this kind of game flow with any kind of consistency. Probably won't happen with the Bears, but who knows? you got to be optimistic after last night. So
1: we were talking trades just a bit ago with the running backs, and I, I almost wonder now we can kind of be strategic when we're in week eight. You more or less know what your team is and what they're going to be mm-hmm. in the middle of the pack, whatever else. I would go and target the fancy manager who has Herbert and try to act as if Herbert is a fill-in to a bigger player. I'm getting when in reality I, I value both the bigger player and mm-hmm. Herbert in the same kind of asset tone um, as yeah. you'd expect. Like I'm I, playing
2: 3D chess. Over I, here. Well, I just
1: think like Montgomery's been fine, but he hasn't been super effective. Herbert has mm-hmm. been more explosive. Is that because it's the Justin Jackson role of last year at the Chargers. Oh, yeah. he only gets seven carries, but run really hard and, you know, exp- expend all the energy in those seven carries. Maybe. Yeah. Well, I and do you really Herbert think? Looks real. Yeah. Like, and looks do you
2: think really Montgomery going to hold up physically for that's the entirety the of the season? I mean, maybe that's why they're using Herbert a little bit more to try to, you know, conserve him a bit. But uh, there will at least be one or two more Herbert games where we talk about him in the same sense as we're talking about, like, uh, I don't know, Walt like, Williams, a, yeah, it, Gus like Edwards, Michael time. Carter, or yeah. stuff this week. So, um, yeah, so there's a lot of names to get to.
1: All right. So, Bye weeks for week eight, only, if I'm if I'm reading this correctly, only Chiefs and Chargers, right? There's only two bye mm-hmm. weeks after every four last week. Okay, obviously Jake's team with the Chiefs is hurting. Chargers overall, like as a literal mm-hmm. franchise, are hurting. They have literally thousands of injuries at this point. Mike yeah. Williams, J.C. Jackson, their big free agent signing done for the season. Their offensive line is uh, torn apart. I was in on the Chargers uh, to begin the year. We talked about the over-unders. I thought that was going to be the team that uh, did enough to exceed things. Looks like it's just going to be the Chiefs because the Raiders have been floundering the Broncos or the Broncos at the moment of the Chargers, mm-hmm. also decimated by injuries. Because there's only two bye weeks, generally, I think the streaming quarterback options you have, you don't have to pay as much. Like, this is a good thing mm-hmm. for you, Jake. If you have Mahomes, exactly. you don't have to go in all in to get these well, yeah. QBs.
2: And if you had Mahomes or if you had Herbert, you weren't probably weren't rostering another quarterback unless exactly. somehow somebody really well – really good slip so far in the draft you probably weren't rostering another one so i'm definitely gonna have to run around and uh you know and stream some options here let's just yeah let's do streamers before two quarterbacks i think the name that you'll see pretty much anytime you look at any publications waiver wire and i think it is the correct name and that's daniel jones He's 40% rostered. He goes to Seattle this week, number 22 against opposing quarterbacks. We were worried at one point about his weapons, but uh, I'm not quite ready to call the Giants contenders, but Daniel Jones is hot and he's playing well enough to be able to uh, excel In this type of matchup here and uh you know you can even pair him up with a a spoiler spoiler alert wandale robinson we'll probably talk about a little bit later i think daniel jones is the best streaming option here now you look at the rest of the streaming options you know justin fields 34 percent. i think when he heads to dallas that's going to be a little bit tougher of a challenge i think that defense is playing well i'm not Quite expecting to repeat from Fields, but he gets in mention. Mariota is home against the worst team in football, the Panthers. Theoretically, theoretically. Theoretically, So maybe the Bucks are the worst team in football. Probably not. But my under my best bet under on Tampa Bay is starting to uh is starting to look pretty nice. Mm-hmm. Um, and the other one, you know, I see a lot of people wanting to stream the Colts defense, but uh Taylor Heineke. He started poorly in that Packer game. Obviously, yeah. we watched this very, very closely. He started very poorly, but then he got into a rhythm and, and he was hot. And he was, you know, the throw to McLaurin that, that was the touchdown was fantastic. He was, you know, they're utilizing Antonio Gibson more. I don't know if that continues, but Heineke is an interesting option. I don't love him, you know, on the road against the Colts. Defense hasn't necessarily been the problem for the Colts, but, uh, he's someone that you, uh, you think of kind of almost, um, you know, you think of him now like you would when you were pondering picking up Geno Smith in weeks two and three, right? Like, like he's hot. Is he going to keep it up? And then maybe, you know, he has the ability to turn into that. So, uh, you know, there are a few streamers out there that are definitely worth it, but I will be typing in Daniel Jones first when I'm trying to replace Mahomes yeah, and, and Herbert.
1: I think the overrunner for that is going to be probably close to 50 points given the Seahawks' bad defense, and, and frankly, I think the Giants have been inconsistent, specifically against the run, which is the thing that the Seahawks want to do the most. I agree with you. I think Jones is a top streamer for me, but I'm not sure I think he's, like, that much better than Ryan Tannehill against the Texans. Uh, or, or even I like Mariota against the Panthers. I think that one actually would be okay. Uh, you think about what the Panthers—I'm sorry, the Falcons—want mm-hmm. to do. They they completed just eight passes last week. It's shocking that that's an offense in the NFL currently, but that's what we're looking at. I think Mariota has an opportunity to run a little bit more than he did in previous over the last two weeks, uh, and I think mm-hmm. he fared fine the week before as well too against the 49ers. It's just so, tough
2: when he only threw thirteen passes in the whole game.
1: I, I think you're more or less getting Taysom Hill quarterback version. Like if you were saying Taysomville <laughs> like quarterback, that's kind of what Mariota's been doing, but that's okay from a fancy perspective. Again, Daniel Jones uh, is at the top. Did you want to just run through quickly yeah. the streamer QBs?
2: But yeah, so are the two quarterback league options. First, of course we have to talk about Sam Ellinger for the Colts, you know, Matt Ryan. Some somewhere along the line I picture a scenario where he's sitting there, has his shoulder separated and then someone walks up to him and says, Oh, by the way, you're benched.
1: Uh, <laughs> and, and not because you're hurt, because you suck. Yes, Ryan. yeah, yeah, you pretty much, making making losing. that
2: very, very clear. So Ellinger's around. I mean, uh, he's got the Commanders this week. They're 20 against opposing quarterbacks. Patriots are are 18. Raiders are 32. So it's a decent upcoming schedule. If you buy into the Pro Football Focus grades at all, he was one of the higher rated quarterbacks in the preseason. Obviously, this is a different ball game. Um, you know, he's a, he was a sixth round pick, so didn't necessarily come with a ton of pedigree, but. Um, but but he's a guy that suddenly comes into play that was probably available in even the deepest of two quarterback leagues. And then uh, I, I hadn't paid a ton of attention to the Saints. I always just assumed Jameis would be back when he's healthy, but I right. guess he's not. He's got those back fractures, and Dalton's been playing okay. I think
1: they played – Winston now. I think the two pick sixes on Thursday night contest were a little bit too much. I bet you Winston's back as a starter this
2: week. Yeah, and it's a good upcoming schedule. You know, the Raiders versus Baltimore at Pittsburgh. You know, while while there's some historically good defensive names in there, all three of those are bottom five defenses against opposing quarterbacks in fantasy.
1: So Ellinger, let's go back to that for a second, has been listed the starter for the remainder of the season, according to head coach Frank Mm Reich. Do you believe Ellinger will be the starting quarterback if everyone is healthy? If Matt Ryan comes back healthy, Ellinger stays healthy the entire year. Do you believe he is actually the start of the entire season? I, I because I don't if know, he is, man. I mean, this this is an important question. If he is, then in a two QB league. You're talking like fifteen, twenty percent of your budget. That's you're
2: accurate. talking there if it, if you believe that, then you're talking the rest of your budget here because you're not going to get too many starters rest of season at this point in time.
1: And and ones situated in good offenses. Are you excited about PJ Walker as your starter for the Panthers rest of the season? No, mm-hmm. because they have no McCaffrey, and I know that they won last week, but whatever. That there's less weapons involved. Yeah. The Colts have Alec Pierce, we've talked about a number a number of times. Michael Pittman, we think is really good. They have a number mm-hmm. of good tight ends. Jonathan Taylor. Like the list goes on and on on what this offense could be. If you have the right QB, I am just not convinced at all. Like I'll be putting not the mortgage down, but we're we're talking a substantial amount of money on Sam Elder not remaining the starting quarterback for the entire season that just mm-hmm. seems wrong to me. Well Matt Ryan it, but it would have to be bad but not yeah, that bad.
2: It would have to be a trade or something, right? Because I remember at halftime last night or in the second quarter of the Monday night game it's like, "Oh, Mac Jones of the Colts, that will you think they'll do it? You know, that'll be the one." Um but you know, it'll have to be something like that to unseat him because everything that I've read about that situation seems to suggest that one, Matt Ryan's arm is shot and and two, they just don't really have any faith in him anymore.
1: Yeah, it, it's entirely possible again dealing with the uh, you said separate shoulder sprained shoulder maybe be the same thing it could be uh, a couple weeks before matt ryan comes back healthy and makes that a conversation there's also uh frank reich's pet project and nick Foles, who is looming in the background too that if you really want to oh yeah that's right i forgot about him go ahead and consider nick Foles, but uh, from from a hey let's draft and actually make our guys look good development perspective sam ellinger seems to be the right call for Mm -hmm. the colts all right let's take a word from our sponsors blue wire for the video audience we'll be right back obviously audience audio audience stick around it's time to victory lap after that too so uh let's take a break here Mm
0: -hmm. we're driven by the search for better but when it comes to hiring the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all don't search match with indeed indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast
1: All right, we're going to the running back position. Yep. This has been a huge. I got to hand it to you. We had talked about uh, what happens in the odd event that Christian McCaffrey is traded. How did the Panthers' backfield work out? Mm-hmm. Well, the answer, at least for past week, both of them, uh, which we covered both Chuba Hubbard and Jatha yes. Foreman. I had said, and I think you had said as well, too, if you have roster spots at the end of your bench, Mm-hmm. churn them for these guys because yep. you never know when the situation is going to work out well great lo and behold you've walked into at least a running back two situation for both of them i did yeah. that in every league i could he also had gus edwards get activated off of injured reserve he immediately walks into a near 20 point game uh for the ravens and i know the the ravens have the buccaneers this week I'm going to try to sell high on Gus Edwards in the place I haven't. It, and it's a lot. <laughs> uh, you have no idea when JK Dobbins is coming back. Kenny Drake was non-existent in that one. And then I think Kyron Williams, I mean, the Rams were on by this past week. He was the other one I talked about. Just stash him. It's literally free. I am still not – I would not be surprised at all if Kyron Williams starts and mm-hmm. plays at a running back two-level this week,
2: although the Rams have been kind yeah. of coy on that. Yeah, everyone's been, uh, you know, or I guess with Kyron Williams, everyone was like, oh, those are such terrible combine numbers. That's the worst 40, but he seems to be doing some things right at least. Uh, you know, he was a candidate to play week one had he been healthy. I had seen some tweets about his uh, pass blocking capabilities. So there's at least a little upside there, but uh, let's start with the hot one. I mean, Baltimore. And uh, if you had to pick a number one overall pickup, it's probably Gus Edwards, who is 43% rostered in Yahoo formats out Can of I last pause week. You real yeah, yeah.
1: This is the blow your whole waiver budget uh, or like fab budget kind of guy, right like that's that's it, if he's available, isn't it?
2: it it it's difficult because because like you said, You know, will J.K. Dobbins come back? And then the other thing with this is, you are just looking through the snap share. The snap share tells a little bit of a different story than the fantasy points say, because Edwards was only on the field for thirty six point five percent of snaps. There
1: you go.
2: Okay. Justice Hill was thirty one point seven percent. Kenyon Drake, while he was unproductive entirely, twenty five point four percent, and it was really the the red zone work for Gus Edwards. That that derived all of his fantasy value He had a seven yard and a one yard score. Now, if he's getting around 40 percent of the snaps and he's the goal line guy and uh, J.K. Dobbins remains out, then, yes, he's going to be a very startable option every week. And at this point, you know, if you're hurting for running backs, I I could see a blow the whole budget situation here. But um, it's not. You know, it's not as great as like the Kenneth Walker thing or, or something from a couple oh, weeks sure, yeah. ago. You know, it, it, he's he's there, but there's just like a little bit of a word of caution here. I am I picked him up. I've kept I'm keeping him around in a ten in a ten team league. So you know, not that much. I, I have I have no desire to drop him, and but he's also not starting over some of my other backs there. So uh, um, you do have to be prepared for a few weeks where he comes back down to earth, a few weeks where maybe Lamar Jackson gets some of those red zone scores instead of Gus Edwards, and a few weeks where, you know, maybe Justice Hill will have a good game in there. You know, it's certainly possible here. Uh, The snap share is just the biggest red flag for me with Gus.
1: Uh, Yeah, I'm not worried about that because I think they're going to gradually give him more as he continues to progress, and it's the same thing we saw with J.K. Dobbins. It was by three Mm -hmm. or four weeks later into the season he was getting the carries. The reason I'm going to try to sell high on Gus Edwards is the strength of schedule that we have. So we have the Buccaneers. I think it's a Thursday night game. Buccaneers' defense hasn't been what we've seen in the past years, but pretty good against the run. The Saints' defense, same. They're about middle of the pack in terms of fantasy points allowed. But when you think about ways in which they can get beat, it's it's through Chris Harris and the other bad corners that the Saints have, which, again, Lamar Jackson's going to be capable of to get Rashad Bateman and Mark Andrews, provided he's healthy. We'll talk about that. Uh, and DeVernay as well, too. So then you have a buy. I mean, you're talking about a three-week stretch. If, if Dobbins is, is going to come back within four weeks, I – I don't believe that's the case, but if Dobbins is coming up within four Mm -hmm. weeks, you're talking around week 11 or 12 when they face the Panthers, Jaguars, and the Broncos, and then you have the fantasy playoffs where it's the Steelers, Browns, Falcons, Steelers again. That's at least five situations where you could say the running back for the Ravens, whoever's playing the best, Mm -hmm. is going to be a running back two for you. I think Dobbins comes back around that point and muddles things even further. I'm happy selling off a two touchdown performance when yep. I literally walked into free money.
2: Yeah, it's gonna the, the graph is gonna look like this. It's gonna go up. He's gonna get used a little more, and then it's gonna come down a bit, and then be flat kind of the rest of the year. At the point where Dobbins comes back, so uh, you know, great pickup, probably one of the top ones this week. But I don't think it's someone that you can count on to save your fantasy season here. And neither is necessarily the Carolina backfield, who you know you hinted at that in the beginning. We have to give, go a little bit further in depth than that right now, or as of last night, Chuba Hubbard was thirty six percent rostered Deontay Foreman was 49% rostered in Yahoo leagues. So I think a lot of leagues where they allow you allow pickups after the Thursday night game starts, I think that affected those numbers quite a bit and you have to go for that. And now this is one where uh, it's a little more complex than just looking at the stats on the surface. Uh, will do for you now, uh Chuba Hubbard, 14 and a half PPR points, Deontay Foreman, 16 and a half PPR points. And when you look at the final snap share, it was 54 46 for Foreman but that wasn't necessarily how it started out. Um, you know, while Foreman was on the field for more snaps before Chuba Hubbard hurt his ankle, uh, it was a 61% for Hubbard. He was leading the way he was, he was the guy before he got hurt. So uh what muddles this whole thing up is what's going to happen with Hubbard. Is he going to play? What can we, how much, you know, can we count on him for? So there is a chance where Deontay Foreman is the lead backup, is the lead back. And he becomes one of your top targets for at least the short term. Um, and then you also have to throw the name Raheem Blackshear out I love there. This, this love is this. the sneaky, sneaky, cheap one where everyone's going to throw all their money on Foreman or even Hubbard. But say, for example, uh, Hubbard gets ruled out on Friday. You can pick up Blackshear for nothing, and I think he is going to be the pass catching back. If you look at his college stats, he was used that way uh, frequently in college, and uh, you know he'll kind of. Th- you don't think of Deontay Foreman as the pass catching back, and remember, this is the Panthers. We alluded to them being the worst team in football. Obviously, didn't look the case this week, but they're going to be behind more often than not in games so i think there's a role for blackshear here if chuba hubbard has to miss any kind of time now then you see the alternative side of that where the coach is like oh we could have brought him back in we were just being we were just being careful so i don't know i think you have to wait for a little more information on this one but uh those are those are three names that definitely um are are ones that you're checking on when you're doing fab this week i
1: want to i want to do like a totality rank with gus edwards Chuba hubbard and deonta foreman in a second but the Raheem Blackshear thing, I'm not sure you're giving yourself enough credit for that that call because I, I really agree with you. If you are the disciple of Mario Puig that I am, Jake, you would mm-hmm. know that he loves Raheem Blackshear. And I think the important context for this is that he's incredibly fast and a really good athlete. And the fact that he didn't get an opportunity, I think he was on the practice squad or started with the, the Bills initially, was more so that the Bills were like weird roster construction. And then Blackshear was picked up by the Panthers post-preseason. If I'm, if I'm remembering this correctly, I, Blackshear is going to be a guy that as – in the same vein of what the Pan- I'm sorry, what the Colts are doing right now with Sam Ellinger, when you are a team that likely is not going to be competing, I know the NFC South is weird right now and the Panthers are technically within things, if you are not competing, you're looking at the bottom half of your roster and seeing what you got. I think Blackshear is going to be talented enough that when he's given the opportunity, and he will, he will be given the opportunity, he's going to make mm-hmm. do with it from a fantasy perspective. So I'm not sure it's this yep. week. But let's just say week 10, 11, 12, and yeah. the Panthers are 3-10. Yeah. and 10, that's that's when I think Blackshear is going to be a fantasy guy. Yeah. And if you're in deeper leagues, all for it. I love that yep. pickup call.
2: And and I'll acknowledge it's a new regime, but this is an offense that's designed to throw tons of targets to the running back. And obviously McCaffrey's gone. Anderson's, Robbie Anderson's gone. How much longer is DJ Moore going to be around? There. What I'm saying is, it's an offense that throws to the running backs. Tons of targets available on a team that is, like I said, going to be behind more often than not. It all adds up to the pass catching back here, but if it ends up being a trio of Hubbard, Foreman, and Blackshear on yeah, this it, team, right. then it's a wasteland. Uh, no, I agree. Well, but we, you have to play, watch the injury scenario. We play
1: in that deep dynasty. Like, I think Blackshear's going to be a guy that if he's not already picked up, I'll be going heavily in, uh, It's again, 20 roster spaces and 14 mm. teams. That's where I think Blackshear makes a lot of sense. He's 0% roster on Yahoo for a reason. The Roto-Wire Online Championships, despite the fact that I'm 1-6, I'm going to keep competing, right? And I, I'll pick up a guy <laughs> like that, too, for one of my empty spots. I think that makes... Total sense. Okay, Chuba Hubbard, Deonta Foreman, Gus Edwards. This is a trio of running backs, at least that pr- produced last week, to the point where people are going to think this is a really good waiver wear. I want you to A, either say, yes, it is a good waiver wear, B, no, actually it's not. And then I want you to rank these three, mm-hmm. jake because I think this is an important context for the listeners. Yeah,
2: I'd still put Gus number one because I'm a lot more worried about uh, the J.K. Dobbins injury and him missing time the rest of the season than Chuba. Um and I guess if we're doing if we're doing rest of the season, I think I go Gus chuba foreman um if we're doing just this next week it's gus foreman chuba or maybe blackshear okay so yeah that's how i do that but um all right yeah. Are we good on that? Well, we got yeah, a couple more say, running backs to hit? Got,
1: I like us. I like Foreman uh, and Chuba in that same rank that you did, too. All right. Mm-hmm. I told you this is victory lapping time. This is just strictly complimenting Joe time because I was <laughs> so in on Tyler Algier over the Falcons running backs. You weren't as You much. were definitely more time in than me. Yeah, that's back, for right? sure. Yeah,
2: I'll, I'll give you that one here. And basically what I wrote on the outline was, guess we have to revisit Tyler <laughs> Algier. Um, he's dominating the backfield touches there, and he's even looking a little bit more effective than I originally gave him credit for. So I'll give you that one. Uh, 60% snap share. That was his season best this week compared to just 24.4% for Huntley. Now, we'll see what happens if or when that Atlanta backfield gets healthy. We'll see what happens when they decide they're going to throw more than 13 times in a game in which they're behind. But uh, Algier at 40% roster needs a look.
1: Um, any other running backs that you're considering? You know, you know my opinions on Kyron Williams, but mm-hmm. is there any anybody in that same tier?
2: Yeah, so um, there are a couple guys that are right around 50% rostered that you know I was hesitant to bring up and feature heavily but um of course Isaiah Pacheco was the hot pickup this week he got up to 50 percent rostered didn't quite go his plan though he only got eight carries wasn't targeted a single time despite 10 different chiefs being targeted and of course it was Clyde Edwards Alaire that scored the touchdown so uh Pacheco was on the radar though if they're confident enough in him to start him and another uh you know I mentioned uh you know checking guys that were dropped during buys mm. a lot of people probably dropped Alexander Madison Uh, during the bye week because, you know, you got to field your lineup and he's an RB2 anyway, you know, you're holding him as a handcuff to Cook largely because there's not a ton of standalone Valley, maybe a little bit, but you know, if you're stashing and churning over your roster, you have to talk about, uh, you know, looking for Madison, at least in case somebody dropped him because he can turn into, you know, an RB2 with one Cook injury. So, uh, and he's probably one of the higher ceiling or higher upside handcuffs if, if, you know, in the whole league, really, at this point, as he has been, as has been the story for the last couple years. I originally wrote, well, maybe Ty Johnson's in play after Brees Hall got hurt, and were they really going to give Michael Carter all the carries? But then they went and acquired uh, James Robinson and ruined all my Michael Carter shares. So uh, that's that. And then, yeah, throwing stashes in there. I mean, Kyron Williams we talked about, maybe Zamir White, Jalen Warren, Marlon Max on a new team, Keontae Ingram a lot of people like. So a couple names to think about there. Um, and I'll run down some cuts too, if yep. that's okay. Unless you For have sure. anything no. to add on those stashes. Um, well, obviously, Tevin Coleman goes back to the bench. You know, he came in. You know, that goes back to the waiver wire is what I mean. Yeah, he back to the wire here. Um, you know, if you had a if you had to cut Kenyon Drake, I know sometimes it's tough after you make a big fab bid. He could possibly be in cut territory. Uh, Mike Boone left with a knee injury, and he only had. Less than twelve percent snap share anyway. He can be cut. I mentioned cutting J.D. McKissick last week, but he fell even further uh, in the packing order this this week. Now again, they were they played from ahead for a lot of that game, so that affects it a little bit. But Gibson was the pass catcher, so I think you can cut bait with McKissick. And this is a spicy one. But what are we going to do with AJ Dillon? Man, this is this is one where if it's a ten team league, I could see you yeah. making a move there. He had a season low twenty seven point seven percent snap share, only four carries, and they really made an effort to pound to pound the ball with Aaron Jones, and that was some of the only effective offense that really they had. The, the, one, the one, the uh, one, the one kind of shovel, you know, pitch that play, play that, that worked, was yeah. the only play that worked, and the broadcast team noted it, but. Uh, it's, it's real tough. you know. Obviously, I'm keeping A.J. Dillon in my 14-teamer because I'm not going to be able to find much better than that and just hope he turns it around. But uh, in a 10-team league, he's one that you definitely think about when making these tough calls.
1: All those names that you mentioned, J.D. McKissick, might be a surprise. I agree with you. Complete cut for me. In a 10-team league, A.J. Dillon is absolutely cut. 12-team, wouldn't even be that upset if you got a – Opportunity to get Elgier or Gus Edwards or the Panthers running backs mm-hmm. like that. That's just where we're at right now with the Panthers offense, not so much. I'm sorry, Packers. offense. Yeah. I, like, I
2: could I could I so could see dropping Dylan for for like Gus in a in a 12 team league, I think. Yeah, I think I might make that move.
1: Yeah, I, I, I could
2: even that. as a Packers fan, which is a really hard pill to swallow. I would I guess I'd make that move.
1: Uh, let's go ahead and talk about the wide receivers before we do so. Let's get word from our sponsor, Swagger. There are 50 million fantasy sports players and sports betters in the U.S., but 90% of all the cash prizes are won by just 2% of the players. That's because most gaming options were created for pros. You know, the dude's dropping loads of cash and data to find an edge over the rest of us, not Swagger. Swagger is a daily fantasy sports site created for sports fans who simply want some skin in the game and a real shot at winning. Tired of losing is a one bad pick. I know I am. With Swagger, you don't need to be a perfect to win. You just simply need to create a ticket of four to ten player props and score points. For the ones you get right, your score determines your win, not the perfect ticket. You can be half right and all right with Swagger. Swagger offers the most player props and biggest payouts of any DFS site as much as 50 times your money. Plus, you can play a fancy ball along with all the other major U.S. pro sports, as well as international soccer from the one, NASCAR, Fight Sports, Rugby, Cricket, and even Esports. If you're ready to play, visit playwithswagger.com slash RotoWire to sign up, and Swagger will give you $10 free to try them out. Plus, match your first deposit up. First 100%, up to $100. Swagger, daily fantasy sports for all fan kind. Okay, wide receiver, we had uh, not quite as much of the victory lapping as we could have at running back, but still some mm-hmm. interesting names. I think the biggest one we're already getting questions about this, Jake, is Wandale Robinson. So I want to jump right into this. Yep, uh, A, A, give us the breakdown of Wandale Robinson, but where, more importantly, you rank him among the wave aware topics and targets this week
2: yeah he definitely has to be among the top uh, because you know you've got upside alone you know he, he's a young high draft pick with talent and potential and he's finally starting to see the volume here you know uh, after after he only had point six percent of the snapshot last week he jumped up to 67 point one percent this week which was uh which is second on the team to Marcus Johnson I'm not quite sure the story on that um, but uh, He's only twenty nine percent rostered. He finished with a team high eight targets, caught six of them for fifty yards. I think he absolutely is among the top options if you have to go out and get a receiver this week. The rest of these guys that I have on our list, I'm stretching to kind of make a case because of injury and whatnot. But I I think yeah,
1: receiver because this is another one that get questions. Paris Campbell, back to back weeks now being a very successful PPR target, if nothing else, and with the change with Sam Ellinger, I don't, I, I'm not sure if it benefits. Campbell or not, but they've made a clear focus. You look at the mm-hmm. snap, uh, snap share and also targets of the last two weeks yeah. to get Campbell more involved. And it might be one of those things where better quarterback or not, you're going to go ahead and have this same scheme mm-hmm operate the
2: way they are yeah we definitely have to touch on him because he's more widely available only about five percent I know Alec Pierce was the hot pickup for us for a while but then Campbell goes out and catches 10 of his 12 targets for 70 in his score I actually think he functions better with a quarterback like Ellinger that they might do more short passes with so uh, that helps and he is the other thing I like about him is like you said you mentioned snap share but he just doesn't leave the field his last three weeks 93.2 percent 100 percent 98.4 percent so he's out there a ton you know that's the first step is getting the opportunity and we first saw the targets here this week so i think he is uh he's he's a good option but i think you're going to have maybe
1: well would you I, rather roster Alec Pierce or Paris Campbell for example
2: oh man um i just feel like Campbell's going to be inconsistent i don't know if I we can expect double digit targets each week so i'm thinking i'd i'd maybe take the Alec Pierce ceiling but um but it's close Campbell is absolutely somebody he, like, you don't pick him up and think he's going to be a, like a season changer, but he's somebody that is absolutely startable when you get yourself in a pinch here with, with all these bye weeks coming up. He's someone in a PPR league that maybe you can count on for a, a decent floor.
1: Yeah, and the issue with Campbell for his career has been can he stay healthy? So, mm-hmm. with the extra workload he's been getting, obviously, two games in, he's looking fine. Is that something that can consistently happen? I don't know. Most of those injuries, yeah. I think, all of them were just fluky things. Mm-hmm.
2: So and then, yeah, and then like you said, we have the quarterback change too. So I'm not ready to go all in on Campbell and suddenly expect the double digit targets to continue. Um, he's absolutely worth a bid to kind of wait and see, you know, because because he could be something. Mm-hmm. But um, you know, it's not something that I'm, you know, I'm, I'm not sure. I'd call him the top overall receiver pickup this week, and uh, and. I, I don't know. I, I'm liking Wandale Robinson just because of how Daniel Jones is playing. And, you know, there's there's more ceiling and, and unknown. Like he could turn out to be something uh, something very effective for fantasy. So, so
1: and, and honestly, the Giants are playing really well and the Colts aren't. It could just be as simple as that when you're talking about you want off oh, yeah. players. I mean, Absolutely. That's, that's, that, and when you talk about Daniel Jones is the top streaming quarterback. So I, I agree with you. I think Wandale ranks ahead of Paris Campbell for me. What about you know, Wandell over Gus Edwards and the Panthers running backs, though?
2: No, I, I think uh, I think almost all those top three backs that we that we have go. Like if you need to flex, I would rather flex. I'd rather flex Gus Edwards. I'd rather flex Deontay Foreman because it's it's a little safer for me. But you know, we could see what happens. Wandell could easily outperform them too.
1: Okay, that, that's why I want to be uh, at least be clear. Mm-hmm. on Okay, so it's been. Give positive praise to Joe time. Well, now it's time to dunk on Joe's Stake League team. We had Kyle Pitts <laughs> stinking. We had Jonathan Taylor get hurt. And we now add DK Metcalf to the mix. Yep. That is 75% of my budget. If you are counting along, uh, <laughs> I am pissed. So DK Metcalf theoretically doesn't need surgery. Also currently listed as day-to-day because the Seahawks are stupid. He got carted off. There's yeah. a patellar and injury. Yeah, it's a patellar He's likely yeah. going to be playing for multiple weeks. We're just doing this dumb thing that we've done across the NFL. So we did this Mac Jones. We did the Damon Harris. Now we're going to add DK Metcalf to the mix. I am concerned, obviously, but who are we looking at instead? Of DK mm-hmm. Metcalf if he's out. multiple.
2: Teams. Yeah, I will just say that Metcalf is an absolute physical freak. And maybe his body is like Giannis or Adrian Peterson and can just magically recover. But I'm not going to count on that happening here. And the guy that gets the best biggest step up is Marquise Goodwin. He was always I mean, okay, so Tyler Lockett probably gets the biggest step up. But it's in terms of waiver wire, what how you can actually benefit. Um, I'm definitely looking at Marquise Goodwin over a guy like the Eskridge Eskridge also sees an increased snap share, but he fumbled uh, pretty badly last week. And that that Probably won't go over so well. But Marquise Goodwin, he's always been an interesting guy. You know, if you remember back to Buffalo and San Francisco, a guy to take the top off the defense. Now, he's 31 years old, so the biggest question is how much of that 4-2-7 combine speed is still left. Um, But he looked great, and he was productive on Sunday. uh, Caught four of his five targets for 67 yards and two scores. I think teams will uh, game plan a little bit better for him to be featured now. But uh, his increased volume and, again, the consistently – Passable play of Geno Smith uh, definitely makes Goodwin a candidate.
1: Yeah, I mean, we talked about the four two seven speed as a decade ago. I, I don't know, Jake. We're not quite as much of athletes as Marquise Goodwin was, who literally <laughs> competed in the four by one hundred, I think, Olympic trials. Right? If I'm, if he I'm could run two forties before I finished well, mine. I'm just back saying, then. like I, I have lost a bit of my forty time in a decade. But <laughs> again, I'm not an NFL player. You need somebody. I mean, the Seahawks offense has been good. And it's not just Kenneth Walker. There's there's been the Tyler lock and DK DK. There's going to be a second receiver because this offense can support that. I don't know if it is good, but I'm not sure if it's DK uh, D Eskridge either. Somebody is going to emerge. And honestly, with the way the Seahawks have been competing mm-hmm. in the NFC West, I wonder if they're yeah. a candidate to trade for a guy. Right. That's interesting. They have draft <laughs> capital post Russell Wilson. Yeah. Kind of surprising a lot of people. I, I feel
2: think. like they won't. Turn around. I mean, they've. It's an organization set on a rebuild, right? I feel like they wouldn't cut that short immediately. But I we'll don't see, know,
1: man. Like they never talked rebuild. We we as the media and everyone else did because they supposedly were in a stink. Mm. Claypool is a similar type of athlete, and the Seahawks will be more willing to dive in, than the Packers certainly will. Yeah. I, I could just see it. I'm, I'm, like, yeah, this and and could the Seahawks the
2: actually have the capital to make that to right. make that work. You know, the Packers, a fifth round pick, the not Packers necessarily. Like two, they're just dumb. Yeah, um, exactly.
1: Okay, so. I don't know if it's Marquis Goodwin. That's an interesting name, though. So mm-hmm. long as DK Metcalf is out, anybody else that you really like in on. Yeah,
2: I mean, I think you have to look at some of the Jets guys again. Garrett Wilson, 49%, Elijah Moore, 42%. Moore's probably going to be back this week. I don't love the situation here, but Corey Davis' is day-to-day with a knee injury status up in the air. Nobody should have been surprised that Davis was getting a lot of the looks and production given his contract, but if he doesn't play, somebody's going to get some of that volume. So you you flag some of those guys, maybe even put alerts on for Corey Davis and, and think about picking up one of those wide receivers later in the week, though you don't necessarily need a bid there. I'm not really sold on Mecole Hardman. Uh, He has his last three weeks 12, 13.2, and 28 PPR points. Chiefs are also on a bye. They do get Tennessee, which has been great a great matchup for wide receivers, followed by Jacksonville, Chargers, and Rams. So it's a nice upcoming schedule after the bye. But uh, I think the touchdowns that he scored this past week were a little bit fluky. I don't know if uh, we'll see that production continue there Um, I have a deep cut and I think it's time to revive Terrace Marshall that's one that I wanted Mm. to talk about because he's only 1% rostered so he's definitely out there he didn't turn a ton of heads with uh, three targets catching two of them for 31 yards Um, but after the Robbie Anderson trade Marshall saw a season-high 86% of snaps Mm. basically going from inactive early to significant on the field a significant amount of times and he played more than Shy Smith, uh, who only saw 50%. And that was the first time all year that this happened. Um, so, you know, as a wide receiver, 200 P.J. Walker, all that great. But we kind of expect D.J. Moore to get traded, too. The Panthers are pretty much throwing the towel in on this season. So what happens when D.J. Moore gets traded? Somebody's going to get the volume. And even if it's not efficient, um, you know, he's someone that we, we definitely want to think about there. So uh, those are some guys that I'm that I'm possibly in on, possibly making bids on one more, just, just quick hitters. Jahan Dotson might be back soon. He looked good early. Sammy Watkins for the Packers is going to get the volume by default. If Lazard misses time, uh, Donovan Peoples Jones for the Browns, he's been, you know, moderately useful, but there's a lot more targets to go around after the Njoku injury. And then obviously Tyler Boyd had the huge game for the Bengals. But uh, I don't know. He's still he's still wide receiver three there. I he think Higgins those, is going to have
1: those big Biomedon cuts that I've seen mm-hmm. like across 12 team and 10 team leagues. Tyler Boyd was the one I yeah. saw pretty frequently. I just cut. did
2: like eight names really fast. I was going
1: to say, <laughs> wait, did we ignore the, the Chargers thing with Mike Williams?
2: Oh, geez. Okay. Yeah. So I did skip over that. You're right. Because I got to, I got to, I got to turn the, I want to tee this up for you. So Mike Williams, he's out a TBD amount of time with an ankle injury. Looks like a high ankle sprain. Keenan Allen's back here, but like, He's not. He doesn't do the same things as Mike Williams. I want to ask. My gut is that the tight ends are going to get some of that production, mm-hmm. like you discussed last week. Am I right in that?
1: Yeah. So Charger on a bye week this week. So that's that's mm-hmm. an important context. And forever long, Mike Williams is out. I, I think you'll see the offense just overall struggle because you needed him to be able to be a downfield stretcher uh, mm-hmm. and be able to be consistently doing it. So DeAndre Carter, I think, takes some outside stuff. Palmer, Palmer might, Palmer, Joshua Palmer, uh, might end up playing those opportunities and those mm-hmm. snaps, but
2: he was we, banged up though too, right? He had
1: the concussion, yeah, and I yeah. think he'll be back after the bye week. But two weeks ago, it was the pass rush, to the Broncos dominating the game, so they checked down to Palmer and Gerald Everett the whole time. I'm not sure anything changes from that perspective for the Chargers moving forward. But if they if they need someone to stretch the field, it's DeAndre Carter playing. Uh, Donald Parham was somebody I mentioned in the, like the deep sleeper section of tight ends. I think Donald Parman might be their their best deep threat. The issue was mm-hmm. he got hurt immediately this I don't think he played this week, or if he was, he was
2: yeah.
1: uh, injured entering. So, like, they're, they're toast. I mean, I, I don't. maybe the Chargers make a trade for Claypool. Is somebody, Elijah Moore, I'm not positive. Um, but this is a team that desperately needs a deep threat and could also just use a third receiver period, even if Mike Williams would be playing. You, you could say that mm-hmm. was the case anyhow. I'm not sure there's an actual actionable move with Williams out for an extended period of time, other than it stinks for people who are investing in Mike Williams. He was kind of a a guaranteed wide receiver for two, even though he's inconsistent. And I don't even have that.
2: If I need a desperate flex on Sunday morning and Palmer, who's only around 20% rostered, is there, well, obviously not this Sunday morning, it'll be even less after this week, but you know what I'm saying? I think he could be productive a little bit. I, you know, I think he sees some of that volume. DeAndre Carter, 94.2% of the snaps. This but this past week, yeah. so that's interesting.
1: Um- I kind of like the cut mention that you have here, so I'm going to let you go ahead and run with this because I think I agree with you. at least consider it in one league.
2: Yeah, I got to get. I try to get a little spicy with these. You know, every show wants to like. I think I say this once a week almost, but every show wants to give you a list of 30 pickups here. But guess what? You can't pick all those guys up without cutting someone. So the name that I put on here uh, to purposefully be a little hot here uh, is Drake London because he only had one target this week and the team only threw the ball 13 times. That's frustrating. Am I actually going to cut him? him you know in a 12 or a 14 probably not but he has one more volume one or two more weeks with this type of volume then suddenly we're having that conversation so uh you know that's one name out there and then I threw I know like a lot of people were picking up Marquez Callaway, Traquan Smith last week uh I feel like those guys obviously trend downward as the Saints receiving core gets healthier sure. here
1: yeah I, I I agree with you I think in 10 team leagues Drake London with boy the, the fuck it's been playing is a cut and I think in 12 team teams mm-hmm you're kind of considering the the same type of deal too. So interesting.
2: Most shows are too chicken to do the cut part because I can guarantee there's a possibility where someone could clip together our audio saying to cut Drake London and AJ Dillon, and that could easily come back to burn us. But as things stand right now, um, You gladly, have to consider it. I will
1: gladly sell my uh, career for A.J. Dillon and the Packers actually looking like they're supposed to because this yes. has been a frustrating last mm-hmm. three weeks. And if you need to clip things to get A.J. Dillon to actually play well, sign me up. Uh, we'll take it. Yeah, it wasn't mm-hmm. even just the playing time la- this week, which was bad. It was, I think, last week it's the Jets dropping things and fumbling. He just does not look like the kind of player they thought he'd be. All right. Besides the running backs and besides Dale, Robinson, Jake, the most questions – we've got so far has been on Greg Dulcich, tight end for the Broncos. I'm excited to hear your opinion after the break here, <laughs> after our sponsor here from MKF. Football is officially back on Monkey Knife Fight with all the NFL action you're looking for, and if college football is more of your speed, they have got plenty of that too. On Monkey Knife Fight, there's no sharks, no salary caps, and no math. It's just easy to play, easy to win daily fantasy player props. Join now at MonkeyKnifeFight.com and get your first game free. Then use promo code RWNFL to get your first deposit match instantly up to $100. So what are you waiting for? Join Monkey Knife Fight.com today we had talked about greg dulcich last week as a pickup so i it's been the gus edwards greg dulcich the panthers running backs we really covered a lot of things but if you weren't listening or didn't have the roster spaces to do so i think greg mm-hmm. dulcich actually imme- immediately emerges as a kind of guy that you need to have this week travis kelsey on by gerald everett on bye. basically two fancy starter for most people and dulcich has played well nine targets this week where are you ranking greg dulcich among the uh low-end, tight-end ones this season and from an availability perspective. Yeah,
2: I mean, I think he could easily finish in the top 12 if he has this type of volume, which has some utility in fantasy. I mean, the nine targets, he was targeted as many times as Cortland Sutton so, you know, what What does that tell you? And he was out there for a season high 60% snap share, which was, uh, you know, a notable increase from what he had, uh, you know, last week in primetime here. So he's absolutely a name that you consider streaming that I will have at least a couple bids in in my Kelsey leagues, which are which are heavy. So he's a guy that you definitely have to look at. I also kind of like, excuse me, Harrison Bryant of the Browns out there everywhere. Uh, David Njoku is expected to miss two to five weeks with a high ankle sprain. That's pain because David Njoku is a guy that I picked up in a few leagues where I didn't get Kelsey and has been, you know, a pretty steady eight to twelve point guy in uh, what's otherwise a tight end wasteland. So we're gonna miss him. I think the Bryant or the Browns will. I had mentioned giving some of those targets to people's Jones, but I think Harrison Bryant might be involved there a little bit. Um, got to talk about the Bucks. Of course, you know they the offense is rough. Uh, Cameron Britt has that neck injury and was already listed as a DNP on Monday's practice estimate. We have Mike Evans banged up again. So Kate Otten is coming off Mm. a week in which he caught four or five passes for 64 yards. That's significant in tight ends. I mean, there's going to be some deep leagues where, uh, you know, obviously if you have Kelsey, you're not, there's no need to roster another tight end. So uh, you know you're gonna have to go to some of these zero percent rostered guys. So um, I, I I'm I'm saying them in the order that I like. That I don't know if I I could I might push Otten above Harrison Bryant, but Dulcich, Otten, Harrison Bryant, and then I wrote down you know, I don't I'm not probably not even gonna say this name right, but Chris Murat, Mir, Mirick for the. Goodness, uh, yeah. Yeah, good enough for the Giants. Uh, I guess he's top of the depth chart now. After Daniel Bellinger, a guy that oh, we've man, talked about I mean, in the past, uh, fractured his eye socket and will miss time. That was a late ad. I, I snuck that. Uh, I always, that. I always, I always look over hold Payne's on, waiver on, wire column here. Hold on,
1: hold on. You know that we are a show that prioritizes relevant TV conversation how has daniel bellinger with this fractured eye socket not just went house of dragons slapped an eye patch on and started to <laughs> play this seems like the perfect time for somebody in the nfl to rock an eye patch it's not like they're going to be really using the tight end position all that much anyway bellinger has to just catch a pass okay. in the end zone that's all it is eye patch put it on if
2: you get poked in the eye and your eyeball gets hurt then eye patch go for it if your orbital bone gets freaking fractured a helmet's not gonna.
1: Uh, you have a helmet. Make make a bigger <laughs> helmet to cover the eye. This is an eye patch relevant situation, and I think House of Dragons. I, 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 I completely
2: disagree, Man. and that's the MMA. That's the MMA in me. When someone breaks their orbital, the athletic commission for you know that sanctioning the MMA event suspends you six months. Like you can't. Oh you, wow. You're okay. not even. Yeah. So, so.
1: Is, is Daniel, Daniel Bellinger done for the season. Then is that?
2: what you're Um. Saying? So the, our most recent note from yesterday needs surgery out indefinitely. Oh. Okay. And that's, I don't know if there are tight okay. ends on the trade market, but you're looking at Mariah or Myrick and Tanner Hudson here. So, uh, you know, by default on with a receiving core that's already, you know, banged up when- at, as is here um, maybe there's a guy there if they if this myrick guy can step in and do I the ricky sills
1: so. jones was supposed to be the starting tight end for the giants and i think he made the training camp yeah. roster or, or active active roster beginning week one okay so we had talked about the greg Dulcich. just a few questions uh and we're doing great on time so i just wanted to ask you yeah
2: sure let's get some questions so
1: do you prefer greg dulcich or hayden hurst or evan ingram rest of season i kind of thought like they're the same type of player yeah. dulcich uh, hayden hurst or ingram
2: well i'm i'm going hurst and it was easy because i already made this claim in my kelsey league again okay. and, her, and all those guys are out there and, and i pick hurst because that joe burrow looks like he's starting to heat up and hurst is uh consistently involved
1: i have Dulcich as my tight end too in a, a number of leagues and i got him mainly last week i again believe Dulcich is the second best tight end on that mm-hmm. roster i think albert equipment is but as long as Nathaniel Hackett, the hack, is still going to be the coach for the Broncos, this is going to mm-hmm. be a situation. And Dulcich just not a bad player by yeah. any means. Like he's he's proving to be effective. Basically,
2: I put a dollar bid on Hurst in what's a ten team league, and if uh, someone else. Scoops Hurst up, then I'll probably grab Bilsic for nothing and start him one week. But uh, that particular league is a 10 teamer and he'll be cut after that. I love I that, Kelsey.
1: Um, Millie Mills in the comments section actually let us know. This is a perfect example of what you're talking about. They had to drop Rashad White last week because of the waiver wire, buy him again situation. That's going to be their top waiver wire pickup this week. PSA to everyone. Check who was dropped from by him again mm-hmm. this past week because I think more than likely one or two of those players might be your top waiver wire pickup and just not, might not qualify mm-hmm. for the show because we try to target players yeah. under 50%. Roster. Well, and,
2: and Rashad White's actually 29%. We could have talked about him a little bit. I mean, if the Bucks are going to play from behind, he's going to be effective, and he probably sees a little bit more work after the buy. So Rashad White probably should have fit, fit into that running well, back mix a little bit.
1: Not getting injured too? I mean, there's always that possibility um, mm-hmm. that you could have that happen. I, real quick, let's just touch on the streaming defenses. It's, it's a little bit trickier uh, depending on who was cut, right? Again, same thing. Like the Yeah, Thomas, so, yeah if someone cut
2: Buffalo or Philly, uh, you know, I, in the in the leagues where I had them, I actually did the thing where I hold two defenses for yes, one week. I finally converted yeah, you. B- because, well, I mean, Buffalo is the number one defense in all fantasy, so it's not like you're just cutting them. If someone cut them, I'd actually put a bid on them because I don't think you're going to see, you know, a better fantasy defense show up the rest of the year and their buys in the past. So guess what? You don't have to worry about that. So you look at those guys first. And then, you know, it's not like Chiefs and Chargers were huge fantasy defenses, so you're probably sticking to who you got. And there w- weren't really a ton of standout streams uh, this week. I wrote down two of them, and then I later checked, you know, Jerry had one of them and, and Payne had one of them in their uh, in their streaming defenses and bye week columns, respectively. And uh, one of them is the Colts. They've been excellent. Uh, they're only 35 percent roster. I, they've been excellent. I should qualify that their defense has been excellent. <laughs> Offensively, not so much. But the Colts are readily available. They are the home team, and they get Taylor Heineke and the Washington Commanders. But like I said, Heineke, I agree with you. Heineke got into some rhythm here, A- and uh, I'm not sure that that's the layup that uh, you know it might you might consider it on paper. You might even consider the other side and picking up the Commanders against Ellinger.
1: I, I agree. And it's funny, you have that same scenario with the Broncos and Jaguars as well too, right?
2: Yeah, yeah, exactly here. So uh, the Jags are 27% rostered and they get uh, Denver at home. And uh, we, I don't have the latest on Russell Wilson, but um, we'll see if he, he suits up this week. That's one that you'll have to find out and um, you know, maybe grab the Jags later on. He's, Russell Wilson is trending towards a week eight return, but again, it's not like he's looked that great anyway. Yeah. So whether it's Russ or the backup, um, you know the jags are in play here. But uh, it's kind of a, it's kind of a desperate thing for me to to go to Indy or Jacksonville. chances are you're going to the defense that you've been uh, that you've been rolling with so far.
1: All right, we have two user questions. Then we're done, Jake. So All yeah, right, let's two hear starter them. Starter sits. Uh, start Alave or Jalen Waddle. This person just wants to flex on all of us that they have both those guys available. Uh, Waddle obviously was started last week. Didn't do great. Alave was excellent in that Thursday night contest. I think both are playing teams. Cause I had the same conversation um, earlier with the coworker I think both are playing teams in the bottom third in terms of passing, but Alave or Waddle this week.
2: You know, that that's one that's impo- almost impossible to answer on Tuesday because uh, you yeah. Because Michael Thomas, dealing with his foot injury, questionable. Jarvis Landry, questionable. If you get another week where both Thomas and Landry end up being ruled out, then it's Olave for sure because I think you can bank on 15 targets for him. If everybody comes back, then I might lean towards Waddle. If one of the two comes back, it might be a true coin toss. But I guess, you know, gone kind of to my head, if he had asked me right now, I guess I'd say Olave because the volume has been – it's been there. It's been good.
1: Uh, final question. This is from Fantasy Football Excellence, and I saved it at the end because I actually – was curious your opinion Mm -hmm. should this person trade michael Pittman and deontay johnson and they'll get back kenneth walker he's concerned about matt ryan being benched and what that'll do for my oh
2: boy i mean can they survive wide receiver wise why else because Pittman and deontay johnson were probably your third and fourth round picks or fourth and fifth round picks depending on the depth of the league so what else do you got wide receiver wise i mean those guys still provide volume but um
1: you know what I think about Deontay Johnson. I guess I'll say that. Yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. Um I, I know I drew the line at Pittman last week, but that was obviously before the sixth round pick is gonna take the job over. <laughs> right. So yeah, yes, I would obviously trade Pittman for Walker, but now you're right, you're gonna need both. You know what? I guess I'd take Walker. I think he might I, be a league winning I move. I think
1: I do. I, it I, took me
2: a lot to commit to that. It took me a lot to commit to. I know to you're that. always
1: in on Pittman. Like mm-hmm. that, that's your guy. And I and he's been he's been fine. I think I wonder if the same ultra, I agree with you. I think I make that trade, which is crazy. You know, Mm -hmm. three weeks ago, we never would have said that. That, You would have been locked at the door if that was a conversation. I was still low on Deontay Johnson, but now, three weeks now, I agree. Yeah,
2: you can find two 10, 12-point receivers on the wire. You can't find a a 20-point-a-week RB1
3: on the wire. So.
1: Yeah, and um, I, I think that's like a, not a floor necessarily, but that's that's more or less what he's getting yeah. guaranteed every week. I, I completely yeah. agree. It, it's unless the you Kenneth you Walker like a, show from here on out. Unless you can get Austin Eckler, who I think is going to be the lone beneficiary of Mike Williams out for an extended period of time, there might not be a better running back face yeah. perspective than Kenneth Walker.
2: Yeah, I'd be curious to see if – like if it's a league where you only start two wide receivers, I think I'd say definitely make that move. Mm-hmm. Um, or if it's a league where you maybe hit on some of your later wide receiver picks. But if it's a 14-teamer – and you're searching the wire for, and you're going to start, and are going to start, you Wondale know, Rondale, Wandale Robinson and Rondale Moore as your wide receivers two and three, yeah. then that might, that's one where you kind of got to do the math and, and see rest of season where it helps. So if you have any more context or follow up, hit us up on Twitter.
1: Yeah, JB Fantasy Sports or at Roto Jake. Um, that does for us in the Roto Wire Fantasy Bowl podcast. Thanks for listening. Obviously, this is presented by No Nohus Fanch. Best of luck to your fantasy lineups.